Welcome to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Welcome to International Christian Center in San Leandro, California. Here's today's message from Pastor Portia Sumner. I asked the youth, because I knew it was going to be a very busy Sunday, to help me illustrate the, this point. And as they're getting ready, I'll sit down, because i got to sit next to Tevin. And we're going to, let me just go through really quick before you guys are getting, you guys are getting your, your position. Grab your microphones and everything up there. So I'll just say, we're, we're doing an encounter series. We're talking about today, we're talking about what does it mean to be mature in God, encountering the maturity of God. The word of the Lord is a mirror, and if we look into it, we can see our reflection. We can see our very reflection, not the reflection uh, just of us compared to other people, but we can see our reflection of us compared to Jesus. Amen? And so we want to encounter maturity in God. So we can see throughout Scripture that God wants to build our character our characters, our mental and our moral qualities, our nature, our disposition. He wants to change us to look more like him. So before God calls us to service and places us where he wants us to be, he brings us through a process. Somebody say a process. He brings us through a process like he did when he brought Moses. See, before Moses was able to be who he was for 80 years, you know, God was processing him. And then for 40 years, if you look at the story of Moses, you'll see that Moses stepped into that time when he was fulfilling the promises and purposes of God. And so we, we see that uh, he spent 25 years preparing Abraham before he gave him the promised son. That God took 13 years to get Joseph ready to make him the prince of Egypt. Jesus spent three years with the disciples training them and growing them before he sent them out, you know, on the great commission. So God has us in the process. So before we can really understand, church, what maturity and counting maturity looks like, we have to understand what encountering uh, what maturity in maturity looks like. Amen. So let's look at this story and the story of Jonah. Amen. Jonah, arise. Yes, Lord. Go to Nineveh and preach against the wickedness. Me? Nineveh? I ain't going to know Nineveh. I'm going as far away from here as possible. Oh, I see a boat. Is this y'all boat? All right, let me hop on. Take me as far away as possible. I'm out of here. I'll be asleep if you need. Storm. 
It was me. It was me. Here, throw me off to save yourselves. So Jonah, Jonah was thrown over. And then when Jonah was thrown overboard, God prepared a big fish for Jonah, swallowed him up. And so really to save Jonah's life. But we see now that Jonah is thrown over and he's in the belly of a fish for three days. And then Jonah says, cries out to God to release him and that he will finally do what God tells him to do. Jonah. Lord. Lord, I'm sorry. I'll do whatever you want. Just get me out of here, please. It stinks. Jonah. Now go to Nineveh and deliver the message I gave you. Great king of Nineveh, people of Nineveh, in 40 days, you all will be wiped off the face of the earth because you and your unrepentant hearts and your sinful ways, saith the Lord God Almighty. Silence, people of Nineveh. We must pray. We must repent. Humble ourselves. Fast everything. Eat nothing. Even the animals, let no man feed them. We must humble ourselves to God. We must pray that he forgives us of our sins. And maybe, just maybe, God will have mercy on us. Jesus. Forgive us, God. So the people of Nineveh cried out. They cried out to God. They cried out to God for mercy, and they repented from doing what they were doing, their evil ways. And God forgave the people of Nineveh. God forgave them. 
And then we see 40 days came and went. And Jonah, our dear Jonah, was not too happy about this. Oh, you have got to be kidding me. Oh, you mean telling me I sat in a whale for three days just for this? Oh, you're so merciful. You said in 40 days you were going to kill him. You said you were going to kill them all. Oh, and it's hot. Oh, man. Oh, I need some shade. Oh. So God allowed the vine out of nowhere to give Jonah, to grow, to give Jonah shade, to relieve him from even being hot in that moment of his deep frustration and disappointment with God. <sighs> but just as quickly, as the vine grew over Jonah to provide him shade, that night, God allowed a worm to come and to eat away the roots, the roots of the vine, of the tree. No, 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 not the tree, not the tree. Oh, not the tree. Oh, man. Uh, it's hot. Oh, it's hot. Oh. Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? You are concerned about the plant you did not tend or grow. What about the 120,000 people of Nineveh and the animals I saved? Should I not be concerned? You're mad about a tree, Jonah. You mad, bro? Fine. Come on, give them a hand. They did a wonderful job. They did a wonderful job. I'm, I'm going to go and just let you guys write these points down from this. Let's uh, this, write this down from what we discovered, just me and the kids, uh, just studying Jonah and the college age this week. Number one, Jonah was, first of all, disobedient. You know, and the scripture says disobedience is as a sin of witchcraft, that we can't expect God to bless us. Sometimes... We just put ourselves in situations because of our disobedience. Number two, our disobedience can put us in danger. Our disobedience can put other people in danger, right? So we want to be obedient. Number three, some situations can appear to be a curse when it's really a blessing. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for his mercy as getting swallowed up by the fish, you know. Sometimes God will send a situation so big for us. That it will look like, oh my God, what is going on? What is happening? How can you allow this to happen? How can you allow this to happen? And it's really God's mercy, amen, saving us from drowning. Thank you, Jesus. And then number four, we can't outrun God. So the thing is that you got to say to yourself, and I got to say to myself, is we can't even try. 
Don't even try to outrun God. Just say, God, I'm ready for your process. I'm ready for your process. Whatever you're doing in me, whatever you want to do in me, God, I'm willing and I'm ready. So number five, the God the fishermen encountered was not a vengeful God. But a God willing to, not, but also a God not willing to tolerate rebellion. God is not willing to tolerate rebellion. Number six, repentance, prayer, and fasting can save us from destruction. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Somebody say repentance, prayer, fasting can save us. So what does it mean? What does it mean to repent? That means you're going in one direction and you stop from going your way and you turn around and go this. Well, Pastor Worship, I say, God, I'm sorry. I say, God, no, no, no. It's not enough to just say you're sorry. That needs to be a change of behavior. Hallelujah. Number seven, you have had pity on this plant for which you have not labored nor made it grow, which came up in the night and perished in the night. And should I not pity Nineveh? That great city. You know, God a lot of times will tell us something, and then he wants to see our response. He wants to see how we respond with people. Do we really love people? Do we really love people? Do we want God to just strike them dead, kill them, God? Just come out. Just I, One time I was so embarrassing. As I, said, that's, I was in a prayer meeting one day. It was early in the morning. Only, only a few people there. Six o'clock morning prayer. And I heard somebody, bust their bubble, kill them, wipe them off the face of the earth. And I'm like, Jesus! And I was like, I was like, oh my God. However you want somebody to pray for you. However somebody, if you were messed up. I love, I love my brother. My brother tells, told me, when you pray for them, as if it was you, then you understand. Pray for them as if it was you. So Jonah was more concerned about a thing than he was about people. And so God, there's a big lesson in this. And God wants to show us this. Are you more concerned about a thing? Are you more concerned about a house? Are you more concerned about a car? Are you more concerned about clothes? Are you more concerned about material things in this world? Are you concerned about people? God is so concerned about people that years ago, he died on Calvary's cross. Come on, for us. He loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God wants us to be concerned about what he's concerned about. And God is concerned about people. God is concerned about souls. He is concerned about people going to hell. He is concerned that people are so caught up in themselves that they do not want to see the reality of what God is trying to show them. What God is trying to show you is that you were born with a destiny and a purpose to fulfill the destiny and the promises of God. And it just you just wasn't born to suck up and to go to heaven you were born with a mission with a mission so we're going to go on down what maturity looks like and here to recite our scripture for today is Sergio and Emma give them a hand as they come I wouldn't get two mics. So there are four Jameses in the Bible. 
and one James is found in it's found in Luke chapter 6 16 James the father of Judas then there was James the son of Alphaeus then there was James the son of Zebedee the one who died as a martyr and uh, under Herod Herod's rule and then there was this James that they're gonna quote they're gonna recite the scripture today and uh, I'm, I'm almost gonna pull this to the side so nothing so you guys can see them you guys can see them so this James was the brother of Jesus This letter is from James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am writing to the 12 tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad. Greetings. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But, if you ask, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Believers who are poor have something to boast about, for God has honored them. And those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. They will fade away like a little flower in the field. The hot sun rises, the grass withers, the little flower droops and falls, and its beauty fades away. In the same way, the rich will fade away with all of their achievements. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterwards, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So do not be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we, out of all creation, became his prized possessions. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word that God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to the word. You must do what it says, otherwise you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing, refusing to, to let, let the, the world, world corrupt, corrupt you. you. Sergio. Isn't they awesome? They memorized that whole thing. I want Sergio to tell me. He was talking to me about this. Emma, thank you so much. 
he was talking to me about this. He was like, no, I need to tell you what I learned from it, Pastor Portia. I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to let you tell the church what you learned from it. Come on. Um, so taking apart the part where it says that human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires, that means that getting angry is disobeying God, which then means that the opposite of anger is obedience. Mm -hmm. Come on. We got to be obedient to the Lord. Come on, we have to be obedient. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, if you look at the life of James, you will discover that he was the half-brothers of Jesus. And people, Catholics, would argue with because they believe that Mary was a virgin to the day she died. But that wasn't, it's not according to Scripture. Amen? So, uh, anyway, I want him to go into that. But anyway, God is good. And uh, so, James was was really something he was actually believed to be the pastor when when Peter left um he had an important role and this letter that he was writing this epistle that he was writing uh he was writing to the 12 tribes he was writing to the Jewish people it says James the bond servant of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes who are dispersed and he's writing to these people that are scattered and and uh he mentions 19 times that these are a scattered people that he's writing to it's not a scattered in a bad sense but it's like scattered like seed seed to spread the gospel so James is, is writing to them amen and he's and he's trying to encourage them in uh in his letter to them, knowing that the, in verse, verse three, it says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Endurance is the Greek word. In the Greek, it means it produces, uh, endurance is, is, is the Greek word for action, for voluntary action. So James addressed, addressed the problem of the Jewish Christians. They were experiencing temptation. Somebody say temptation. Is there anybody here experiencing temptation? couple people amen so so basically he says I want you to see this they were experiencing temptation and they says it says that what God wanted them to do is God wanted them to do something God wanted them to see something right God wanted them to change something so among the problems James was addressing as as they so wonderfully quoted was their tongue they were had problems with their tongue I mean I would think that in looking at this, that they were probably cussing people out. Amen. It says they had a problem with their tongue. I mean, what else can it be? You know, maybe they were murmuring. Maybe they were complaining, you know, but their tongue was getting them to trouble. And it got the attention of God because you have to look at it like this. You can't just be like preaching to somebody one minute and cussing them out the next minute. They're not going to believe you. They're not going to believe that Jesus is real because they get that in the world. It's like, what's the difference between you and the world? I'll never forget one time I asked, I asked to preach at this church, and all of a sudden God says, change your message, Pastor Portia. And I was like, okay, so I'm preaching, and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost takes over, and you know how he does, and I'm preaching really, really hard. And all of a sudden all the youth that were up in the balcony, they standing up and they're clapping because God was having me call out sin. This doesn't happen often. And he said, listen, he said, thus said the Lord God, you know, you know, you have to, you can't be sleeping with the women in the church and you can't be doing this. You can't be doing that. And you can't, there has to be a difference between holy and unholy. And I'm preaching and all the youth standing up, you know, yeah, 
Yeah. Anyway, I better go to another story. But, uh, but you know, it's, it's something because we have to live what we preach. We have to say, we can't say, you know what, I just, I just love Jesus, but I hate my neighbors. Like in Jonah's case, I just want God to kill them all. And in preparing for this message, I had to check myself. I started getting, we're going to get to the part about patience in a minute. Let me just skip there because we've already been here a long time. We've been here a long time. So James is talking and, and he's writing a letter to the Christians. And then it's talking about, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip ahead because it's, yeah. Yeah. So James addressing the problems they were experiencing in temptation. Is there anyone? Okay, we, here we go. Here we go. I, y'all can tell I'm rushing, huh? Y'all can tell. Whoo, Jesus. Throw the notes away, Pastor Steve says. But James, he gets to the heart of the matter. This is what he says. It's only one thing causes our problems, and that's spiritual immaturity. We got to ask God, God, I need you to change my process of thinking, to line up with your word. I need to see who you are. I need to know you. Every time I read the word, God, I got to know you. God, I got to know who you are. We got to say, God, am I? Because, again, we're looking in that mirror, church. We're looking in that mirror compared to Jesus, not no one else. And we got to say, God, I need my thought process, my character to line up with your word. The scripture says that the word perfect is mentioned here several times, and that word perfect is mature, grown up, well-balanced. I always tell the young people, maturity is not looking for what you can get, but it's looking for what you can give. Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. He said, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. So each of the five chapters of James addresses a mark of maturity. Because we're talking today about encountering the maturity of God. So I want you to fight with me for a minute. I want you to fight with me to focus on this word. Because even now distractions will try to take you off the word of what God wants to speak to you today. So force your mind to focus. Because God wants to speak to you today because we have to grow up. We have to go up higher. Look at your neighbor and say we have to go up higher. God doesn't want us to display the character of little children when they don't get their way. (sighs) Hurry up! Dang it, I've been praying about this a long time. Nothing has happened. Why won't this happen? I've been praying. I mean, how long do you have to pray about something? And all of a sudden, you're mad at God. And when you're doing that, God is doing like this. Come on, baby. Come on. I'm waiting. I'm waiting on you. You think you're waiting on me, but I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting for your mouth to change. I'm waiting for your attitude to change. God, I need healing in my body. I need healing, God. How long will I have to wait? 
I know you can do it. Why are you, you, your word says that you are not respecter of person, but obviously you are God. Obviously you are because I see you heal that person, but you're not healing me. I see you doing this for them, but I don't see you doing this for me. So obviously you are. God is not waiting. You think you're waiting. God's waiting for your attitude to change. God is waiting for you to change the way that you talk. I never forget me and my sister. Here we are in, this, in my family. We're in Los Angeles, California, and we see this lady that literally her entire body is shifted hip way up here because of a car accident she was in. And she had an immature stank attitude. Can I say stank? Uh, immature stank attitude. And my dad then went to pray for her. I'm not healed. Pray for me again. And I said to my dad, I said, Dad, God ain't finna do nothing for her. He ain't finna do nothing for her. Because dad, that lady attitude is too bad. She pouting like a little kid. And my dad said, I know, I know. And he walked over to it. He said, hey, why don't you just thank the Lord? Why don't you just start? God wants to heal you. God, See, if you say to yourself, God, when you heal me. If you say to yourself, God, when you heal me, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this for you. I'm going to go that for you. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to witness for you. God, I'm, I, I'm not going to be ashamed to own you before man. When you heal me, God, God, heal me so that I can be glory to you. Heal me. Now, it can't be about you. Because immaturity is about you. It's got to be about him. It's got to be about his kingdom. It's got to be what he wants to do in the earth. says here, Second Chronicles 4.17, our light afflictions worketh a far more exceeding weight of glory. So God, what are you doing? Why are you allowing me to go through this? I'm doing something in you. I'm allowing this circumstance to happen to you so that I can be glorified and magnified in your life. You see, I'm going back to that story, Pastor Steve. Thank you. Here's the lady. She's standing there, and she has this bad attitude. But when she changed, because the key to this, maturity is having joy in the situation. That's that Greek word, makarios. It means, it means that basically it's the, the one in whom joy and grace continually outflows from. That's that word, makarios. It means that it's not, it's not by... Uh, any circumstances that I have joy is it's not by uh, anybody uh, saying something or doing something. If this don't happen, if that don't happen, you know, you talk to people and they say, well, you know what, Pastor Portia, if my husband would just get saved, I would just really be happy. If somebody would just really treat me like this, I would be happy. If my kids would come to the Lord, then I would just have the joy of the Lord. But as a Christian, your attitude cannot be based upon your circumstances. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. We cannot have joy in earthly things. Because when those things go, then we're going to be messed up. 
We got to say, wait a minute, God, I got to change my attitude. So here this lady, finally, my, God, my daddy was like, listen, God wants to hear you. God wants to do this for you. He wants to deliver you. God loves you. And he's telling her, and all of a sudden, her face started changing. You know, I could tell by a lot of people's faces. <sighs> we have to worship. Has God done so little for you that he has to ask you to praise him? So here it is. This lady finally, she started changing her attitude. She said, said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. All of a sudden, right before my eyes, I'm literally that close where Regina and them is to her. Her whole back starts snapping into place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I was so excited. People probably thought I got here. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. What am I saying? God says, I want you to stop being immature. I want you to grow up. How are we going to do that? We got to look in the word of God. We got to look how Jesus acted. We got to study him. We got to say, Lord, I want to know you. We got to say, Lord, I want you to be primary in my life. I want to look in the mirror at myself. Then God will show you a little something. Thank God God don't show you all at once. Who know what I'm talking about? God don't show you all at once. Otherwise, you would just be like, I want to die now. Like Jonah in that story, at the end, he's like, I want to die, just kill me. That's how Jonah was. You want to die now, Jonah? Because I didn't do things your way? Because I'm doing it my way? You want to die, really, Jonah? For real? We got to watch what we say. Do you want to die or do you want to live? The power of life and death is in the tongue. If you say, God, I want to die, okay. God can't go beyond your will. We say, Lord, I want to live to do your work. God, I want to change for your glory. God, show me who you are, God. Show me who you are in the face of your son, Jesus. Because in John chapter 1, Jesus was the word that became flesh and dwelt among. I want to see who you are in the face. So we're dealing with the flesh problem. There are enemies of the flesh. The world, the flesh, and the devil. The flesh problem is evident. In verse 13 and 14, it says, No one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil. He himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. So if you open the door to lust, you're going to be tempted by the lust. That lust is going to grow inside of you. Well, I'm just going to look at this a little while. I'm just going to watch this a little while. I'm just going to glide to that magazine in the store with that lady on there that's half naked. I'm just going to do this. And all of a sudden, that thing starts growing. Somebody say a seed. And so that thing starts growing in you. And you start saying, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Now I have this secret problem, right? 
I have a secret problem now, but I want God to deliver me. I want him to set me free. I want him, I want to be, but all of a sudden I'm driven. Somebody say tempted. So because you opened the door, God didn't open the door to that kind of temptation. That is not the kind of temptation that the word here is talking about. So we have the temptation that God gives us is to, is basically to bring us to the fire so we can come out like pure gold. The temptation that the devil gives us is so we can be destroyed and not fulfill our destiny and our purpose in God. You say, well, God doesn't tempt anybody that way. Well, if you look at Abraham in Genesis chapter 22, he said, he tested him. He said, Abraham was tested in, in the matter of Isaac. Israel, Sinai was tested in Exodus chapter 20 and 20. God came to test him. Israel was tested in the wilderness in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and 23 to humble thee and to test thee, it says. God wants to, he's doing this in us and he's bringing us to something because I want you to see what is in your heart. What am I saying today? And I know I got to hurry up. I'm saying to you today, I know I keep on rushing, brothers, I know. I'm saying to you today, we got to understand something. God has an assignment for us. God has a purpose for us, ICC Church, to fulfill together. Why would God allow us, black, white, Asian, Latina, all of us different nationalities, to come together? Because this is what heaven looks like. And he wants people to see a place. Ah, he wants people to come in and see a place where there is true love. Where they can feel the embrace of God. Where they can see Jesus in the way that we treat them. Right? He wants that for us. But what the enemy wants, I'm trying to do it, God. But what the enemy wants us to do is he wants us to be me-focused. He wants us to be me focused. It was a song I wrote some years ago. Take the me out of me. Let it be you. They see you, not me. You, they see. As I move out of the way, I ask you to take the stage. You, not me. You they see, only Jesus be seen forever. Only Jesus be glorified, your fame not mine, my life for yours. Your life was already given for mine. So God is asking for our lives. He's asking for our lives. Job said, a man was born unto trouble as surely as the sparks of the fire fly upward. Some trials come just because we are Christians. Peter explained, he said, beloved, think it not strange. Somebody say, think it not strange. Concerning these fiery trials, which is to try you. As though some strange thing has happened. 
Think it not strange. Don't say God doesn't love me because of this. Don't say God is not hearing me because of this. No, God is waiting for you. He's waiting. For, let me just go down there for a second. He's waiting for you to get to the place where you say, you know what? I don't care what happens to me. I don't care what's going on. I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise will continually be in my mouth. I choose. So you can make a decision. You can make a decision. I choose the joy of the Lord. I do not choose happiness. I choose because happiness is happenstance. Happenstance is happiness. So God is saying, I want you to be happy. I want you to be filled with the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength my hope is in the Lord the maker of heaven and earth he is the king of kings he is the Lord of God I mean Lord of Lords Jehovah Jireh Jehovah Sitkenu Jehovah Mkadesh Jehovah Rapha he is the Lord of Lords it's about him it's about him it's not about Pastor Portia making her name great. Pastor Stephen making his name great. Come on, it's about us making his name great. That's what maturity looks like. It can't be about us. It can't be about me. So he said, he said, I want you to count it all joy. When you fall into diverse temptations. Diverse means various temptations. Diverse means various trials. Come on. God is no respecter of persons, though you may think that. The key word is I want you to do something. I want you to count. Come on, I want you to count. I want you to evaluate. Evaluate, which means looking at our future benefit. Jesus practiced this approach in Hebrews 12 and 2. He endured the cross, despising the shame. You know why he endured? Because he saw you and I in the future. He saw us. He endured that cross, being beaten 39 lashes, thorn thrust in his head. Come on, man. The spear in his side. But he saw you and I. He saw you and I that we would overcome. He saw church, a bride without spot, without wrinkle, or any such thing. He saw church that would overcome themselves, that would overcome the world, that would overcome the flesh, that would overcome the devil. And I want to be that church. ICC, we're called to be an overcoming church. We're called to be an overcoming people. Somebody say count. There's more than I could say. But time is already gone. Say this, my goal as a Christian shouldn't be just simply to go to heaven when I die. But my goal as
as a Christian is to look like Christ when I leave so that the world can see Jesus, can feel Jesus, can know Jesus. If you're here today, you say, Pastor Portia, I felt like this word was for me. Maybe I've been murmuring, complaining like a kid, and I need to change that. And today, I'm going to stop from going my way like Jonah did, and I'm going to turn around, and I'm going to go the way that God wants me to go. Today is that day for me. Is that you? I want you to raise your hand up. I see your hand. See your hands. I see your hands. I see all your hands. Maybe you're here today and you, you haven't made Jesus Christ your Lord. You've never asked Jesus to come into your heart. You've never asked him to be your Lord and your Savior. And if you were to die today, you don't even know if you would go to heaven or hell. You don't know. You're not sure if your name is written in the book of life. If that's you, can you raise your hand? So I want to give my life. I see your hand. I want to give my, I see your hand. Is there anybody else? I see your hand. If you were in any of those two categories, well, let's do one more. It's another category. I was doing it. Somehow I lost the fire, Pastor Forsha. I lost the fire, the fire. I lost it. And Pastor Portia, I, I want to change. I want the fire back. I want to have the fire back. I want it back. That's you. If you are in any of those three categories, I want you to come to the altar quickly. Come on, don't think about it. Just come quickly. Come on, give them a hand. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I got to have the fire back. I got to change the way that I talk. I got to change the way that I speak. I got to stop murmuring, complaining, cussing, and fussing. I got to change, God. I need you to change me, Jesus. I need you to help me, Jesus. I can't do it by myself. I can't do it by myself. I can't do it by myself. Come on. Come on, come on. Just raise your hand. Intercessors, if you could come behind him. Come on, my friend, come on. Yeah. Marlena, come on. Just come behind him. Because all I want is for you, for you to be loved. For you to be lifted high, all I want is you to be It's for you, for you to be glorified, for you to be lifted high. Okay, so what I want y'all to do, just close your eyes for a minute. Think about what Jesus did for you on the cross. Everybody did that. Think about Jesus on the cross. Think about how he died for you, how much he loves you. Come on, just think about it. And he's a forgiving God, amen? He's a forgiving God.
He's a merciful God. He's a gracious God. Come on. It's the enemy that beats you up, that tells you you're not this, you're not that. You did this, and you did that. And God doesn't love you anymore. He's not going to use you anymore. That's a lie. That's a lie. The Lord loves you. He desperately loves you. And he will forgive you for anything. For anything, he will forgive you. So I want everybody, just say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Christ. The son of the living God. I believe that you died for my sins. And you rose again on the third day. I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart. Help me to live for you. I can't do it by myself, Jesus. I've tried and I've failed. Today, I confess that you are Lord. And I thank you for praying that prayer. I want you to say this out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, I've been immature, murmuring, complaining. But I ask you, Jesus, take the coals from the altar. Cleanse my lips. Let me speak what you want me to say. Help me to be thankful. Fill me with your joy, Jesus. Fill me with your joy, Jesus. Right now, I receive the joy of the Lord. Rosa rica mane Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Portia Sumner. We invite you to join us at International Christian Center in San Leandro, California. If you'd like to learn more about our church or partner with us, please visit iccestbay.com. Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. If you would like to learn more about us, please visit EncounterJesus.us or search for Encounter Church San Leandro in your app store.